Thanks, Lucas. When I'm not getting clapped by Nebraska fans on Twitter, uh, I'm the new MSU devotee. I'm Lucas Whitney. Devo's D-Dev zero T. Plus, you stole my bit, by the way, of getting regular system upgrades, you motherfucker. Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, I I had to get my own clout and get some system upgrades. Uh, The visual meme, uh, Michael Jordan hugging Larry Bird. Uh, You son of a bitch, fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> you bitch, fuck you. Martin yeah. uh, Dog and I are jo- are happy to be joined by our, our good boy, our good friend, Carter Landis. Carter, welcome back, my friend. It's good to be back. I miss doing this. Carter's yeah. first show in Bacon Wire's Party and Bullshit era. Yeah, you're in the new era. Uh, I love it. You know, Taylor I, has her reputation era, and, and Bacon <laughs> Wire has, its party, has our Party and Bullshit era. Be, before we go on, I just want to say... A couple big news items have happened the last two hours. Before we go on to the MSU thing, I want to say I'm very happy to announce that Mark Hoppus is cancer-free. Um, that's fucking awesome. That's I didn't awesome. even hear about that. Huh? That's I didn't even hear about that. That's yeah. fucking great. I'm so he, fucking happy. He just announced it like around 6 p.m. So uh, fav- listener of the pod, Mark Hoppus, thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, Mark, hopefully we get one more Blink-182 tour. Yeah, Mark, congratulations. Uh, you know, I know you listen to the pod. I don't know why we're doing this, but it's kind of fucked up to do this bit right now. But, uh, uh, no, I'm like, I love, I love Blink-182. They're one of my favorite bands. Uh, you know, they introduced me to a whole new genre of music. Right. That like, I'm, that I'm very much into. And, you know, when anyone beats cancer, it's fucking awesome. Cause fuck cancer. Yeah. We are, a fi- we are, uh officially an anti-cancer podcast we join we join young thug in being anti-cancer you're not pro-cancer yeah you're not I'm, pro-cancer i'm like j cole who could possibly be <laughs> pro-cancer uh, i just had to shout that out hopefully mark can get travis and tom one more time for one more run but um so big news happened maybe a half hour ago if that um msu got a a I mean, I think a pretty important. Well, MSU, MSU didn't get him, Lucas. Like U of M cooled on it, you know. Yeah, you know, like he Michigan, was left with no choice. Michigan decided a couple of weeks ago that he wasn't Michigan man material, and they decided to cool on him like they normally do. Um, and we were fortunate enough to land a four-star uh, .90 composite, twenty-four-seven sports uh, athlete. He's just listed as athlete. Um, I don't know what positions he plays. I'm not, uh, I'm not big time recruiting guy, but I'm sure Carter and, and Spartan Dog can help me. But Dylan Tatum out of West Bloomfield, Michigan. Hmm. West Bloomfield, Michigan. Didn't wait. Didn't Michigan hire a coach out of West Bloomfield, Michigan? Didn't they, Carter? I believe you got that right, and I believe they hired him with the sole intention of swooping Dylan Tatum up and getting him to Michigan. Huh? But remember. Cool yeah. So, uh, <laughs> this, uh, oh, let me, let me do something. You guys can keep talking. I have to, I just like, I love how like there's a Michigan fan playbook for when a recruit doesn't come to them. Because if, if you don't know recruiting, like we do, like I'm not an expert, but Dylan Tatum has been a target for MSU in Michigan for a long time. And he was a Michigan lean for quite a while. And uh, Michigan even went as far as to hire Ron Bellamy, former Michigan player. And 
his coach at West Bloomfield basically for the sole purpose of if we can get you to be on our staff, we can get Dylan Tatum. Well, it's like the, uh, I think you should leave skit. You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure uh, about that? It, it didn't yeah. work because Jim, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh standing in the, uh, in the censored, censored football center right now going, I didn't rig shit. I didn't do fucking shit. And then, and then in a, in a couple of weeks when he get, or a couple months when he gets fired, I had a cool job that I love. <laughs> he's going to be, he's going to gonna be talking to his wife about the financials and it's going to be, I just have that amount of money and it's going to get smaller and smaller until I die. <laughs> I'm never going to get recruits as fast as Mel Tucker. <laughs> oh my god uh yeah i'm i i don't know what positions he plays carter like do you have any intel for the uh layman recruiting gurus like myself I believe he plays running back and also in the defensive backfield that's right um i think michigan state wants him to i believe um i think well, michigan maybe state both. yeah because, I guess I'll just come in and as an athlete, and they'll figure it out when he gets there. Right. It it shows Harlan Barnett and William Piegler were his main recruits, or recruiting mm-hmm. off, you know, recruiting guys for MSU. So, I mean, I'm sure that was a big part of it. Is you have to entertain playing him in both positions to get a guy of this talent. Um, I like what I see. I watch his highlights. I'm I'm a big fan, and uh, like I like I've said before, I find recruiting to be a little odd at times with, you know, obsessing over high school kids who are making the toughest decision of their lives so far. And, you know, I'm never going to fault someone for going to a school that like is an MSU, you know, they do what they think is best, especially with, you know, the waffling flake that we're not going to mention, but um, it feels good to get this guy. And, And it feels really good to see the other fan base just like, I mean, it wasn't even seven ten, and they're just like, we cooled on him, not a Michigan man. Uh, grades weren't good enough. He wasn't going to make the field. We didn't want him. Clink Scale didn't want him, the, the new D-backs coach. Um, I mean, like Sheehan's tweet, they hit yeah, all. I mean, our, our buddy Justin Thind um, is, is on the record as saying, uh, you know, uh, Michigan only cooled on Tatum once he said he's going to stay. Right. So (laughs) it was a, you can't quit your fired situation. Like (laughs) (laughs) Um, Harbaugh's like, like Jan Levison Gould calling like, now we have to pay him unemployment. (laughs) (laughs) He was going to quit and you fired him. (laughs) I, I I mean, on, and you know, I just saw a tweet where someone, you know, we there's a fame, there's a uh, infamous beat reporter for Michigan, or not beat reporter, recruiting reporter for Michigan. We're just gonna, shh, we're just gonna do that. Um, we're not gonna say his name because he's a MAGA guy, and uh, well, allegedly, but well, whatever he is, but I, I'm not editing. Um, and you know, he was very keen on him coming, and then all of a sudden tonight, he's like, oh. You know, just see what happens, and uh, it's it's just a great feeling. You know what I mean? Like a close win on Saturday, and then you get another win off the field. Man, like like people have been saying over and over, Tuck coming, Tuck is coming. And you know, I 
I hope, you know, he's, I think he's going to stay a while. And I, I think that, that this type of commit, they can open the door for bigger, for bigger names. And I'm not saying Tatum's a, a small name, but I think you get what I'm trying to get at is that it's a, kind of a trendsetter. Like it can open the door for, for bigger things to come our way. Right. So uh, here's an interesting tidbit that, uh, that the GOAT, uh, Colton Pouncey, tweeted. Uh, Michigan State only signed six composite four-star prospects between the 2018 and 2021 uh, classes combined. That's a four-year recruiting period. In the 2022 class alone, they currently have five composite four-star prospects. Is that good? It's not, it's not bad. <laughs> Excuse me, I have the hiccups on mute. Carter, what are, you, what are you thinking about all this, man? I think one of the biggest things is, yeah, this is a win, a recruiting win over Michigan. So now we do both, I guess. Um, but it's also a win in-state. It means like the in-state talent that's here in the state of Michigan sees that Michigan State is doing something. And I think that that is going to prove crucial to, you know, not only recruiting in the state of Michigan, but it's also still going to spread throughout the country. But winning in-state is good because Tucker was grabbing these guys from down south more so than he was getting the best in-state guys. but now he's got this area too. And I feel like you're not only going and getting these guys from the South or wherever you're getting them from. Like he went out West to, you know, Arizona, California, that whole thing. But now if you can start to kind of build a stronger hold on the state, then you have that. And then you also have everywhere else, wherever else that you want to recruit. But, you know, winning those in-state battles is going to, it's going to be big because you can get the best players in this state and then they'll come here and then they'll beat the guys at Michigan. Well, and, no, go ahead, go yeah, ahead, go Carter. Ahead. Keep going. No, I'm, the, that was that was all I had. Yeah. Well, uh, Lucas, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over you for a sec. The, the if you look at some of the best programs in the country, your your Alabamas, your uh, your Clemsons, your Ohio States, your your Oklahomas, right? These perennial playoff teams, right? They do. They not only recruit nationally. They also dominate their home state, mm-hmm. right? The top guy in Alabama, there's not even a question where he's going every year. Right. Right. So I think, I think that's something that's really underrated. You know, uh, it's important to recruit hotbeds like Florida, like Texas, like out West. Right. But like the, also- uh, Sorry. Like the, the IMGs and like the Bishop Gorbans and things like that. Right. The St. John Bosco's, the, the, yeah, the, the IMGs. Bishop Sycamores. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that joke hasn't gotten old at all. Sorry. I'm, uh, not late. I'm late to the scene. But you also got to get the top guys in your own state, right? Because not only is it, uh, not only is it a psychological thing, right? It's a, you know, the, the in-state guys set the culture for you because they know, they know this state. They know, they know this state. They know the, what they know the rivalries. They know more than any, more than guys from around the country, like what, uh, what, what this program should be. So if you get those top guys, not only are they good players, they're also going to be great leaders because they know, they know what the expectations are because they've been around the program for so long. Yeah. And 
one of the things that Mel Tucker said when he first came aboard is, we got to win Detroit. That was one of, I don't know if it was the first speech when he got like his introduction speech, but that was, I loved when he said that because it seemed like D'Antonio started to lose his presence in that. I mean, let's say D'Antonio gave up on Detroit. I mean, after the... After the uh, after Curtis the 2016 Blackwell, debacle, he gave yeah, up. Yeah, after Detroit. the 2016 class and the Curtis Blackwell shit, he gave up on Detroit. He didn't even. If D'Antonio stepped foot in Detroit from January 2017 until the end of his until the end of it until he retired in February 2020, I would be I would be fucking shocked if I found out he stepped foot in Detroit in that window. Fucking floored. Yeah, it it's disheartening, but you know it it seems like the the wounds are being healed from the relationships that might have soured near the end of that tenure, especially with the whole Curtis Blackwell situation. Um, I'm I'm just glad that Mel is starting to go in because it seems like you kind of have to. Mel had to kind of show that he could do it, and I think he showed it last year to me at least because he beat Michigan, and which is obviously. I mean, Mammoth, he took that rival seriously right off the bat, as opposed to all their coaches who seem not to give a shit until it's way too late. And he beats Northwestern. And then, you know, we all wonder over the the fall or, you know, the summer and the, and the spring, like, okay, he's got 41 new kids on this team. This could go horribly or this could go awesome. And it has its bumps, but I think it's going pretty awesome. They're 4-0 and – um, if he can, if he can weasel his way into Detroit a little bit, slip and slide in there, and start to remove the roots that Michigan has in certain spots, um, it it could mean it could be a dead dead staff pretty soon. Yep, um, and uh, Dante Moore is another guy they're going after. He's from Detroit, I believe, the five star quarterback. I think he's a guy Michigan and Michigan State are both heavily pursuing. And if you're pushing into five star, you, yeah. you never know where you know you never know where it could end. Yeah, like you're you're going to eventually get a five star. It's it's going to happen. I mean, the odds of it not happening are so slim right now. It it's inevitable. Maybe not 2023 or 2022, but it's coming. With the way the trajectory of recruiting is going, it seems like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think I think with some of the staff changes we've seen, uh, Tucker is dead dead fucking serious about his. If you're not recruiting every day, you don't have a job here. I I legitimately think that 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 Tucker is keeping tabs on everybody in the staff and going, who have you talked to today? Who have you connected with? You know, where are you at? He's you know, that's, he's, he's in there. He's in the mud with, with the, with the staff, with the, you know, with the assistance to the coordinators. And I think that's going to, that's going to pay massive. It's already paying massive dividends, but it's only as, as Michigan state success grows and Tucker's profile as a coach grows, those dividends are going to become even greater. Yeah. I and like I, I like his approach, you know, from what I've heard and, and read, like he lets his coordinators coach, like he lets Hazelton coach and you know, obviously interjects when needed or has to. 
Same with Jay Johnson. And um, it seems like with recruiting, yeah, he's got his hands all over it. And I'm sure he lets people recruit, but this this team just seems to, to do – to they would jump in front of a, uh, a anything. You know, I'm not going to jump in front of a car for this guy or something. Like, they would do whatever it takes to, for him. I think these guys love him already, and um, it's – I'm just so – I'm so thrilled with, with what he's doing and I know it's early and, you know, he just got to six and five as our head coach, but, you know, like I said before, I haven't been this excited about MSU football's future in f- six years and God damn, it feels good again. Like you, you kids, you guys were youngins in 20. Well, yeah, you were 18 Spartan out Carter. You were what? Probably 14 what year? 2015. 15, I was – I had turned 16 that year. Yeah, I was uh, 28. <laughs> um, tw- but, uh, yeah, it it just feels good again. And, like, this – like, we – this will – five stars are going to start because if this season turns into eight and four or better, the eyes are going to be coming to East Lansing. The eyes are going to be looking more there and saying, he's on to something. Something's happening here. Um, I want to be a part of it. It's my situation at – so-and-so school's not working. I want to come here because I think Mel's going to be a hybrid coach in terms of recruiting. Like he's going to get these four stars and, you know, Georgia three stars, you know, or whatever you want to call them. And which are Ohio four and a half stars. Yeah. Which are Midwest four stars. And, um, you know, he's going to get high profile transfers. I think it's just going to be an ultimate mix of the two, but I mean, it's so, it's so satisfying to see these gets where it's like, you know, I loved Antonio forever, but you know, it was like, you know, seeing a guy like uh, Dave Clarkson, you know, a five, six wide receiver, you know, 120 pounds out of uh, Kalamazoo Christian, not offending Kalamazoo, but you know, it was just kind of disheartening to see those, those types of, uh, gets and I hate bashing a college athlete, but I'm not going to ramble on. And I'll let you guys try to save me right here. <laughs> nope, just going to let me fall. Okay. Uh, so, anybody have anything else to add on Dylan Tatum or you know recruiting for the team? I I just think I'll reiterate the point I made. I think it, it's it's a culture builder. I think it it changes you know the national landscape of how the state recruits and where things are going with both football programs and and that matters and like what you said about uh guys from other schools saying their situation at their school isn't good and then they want to come be a part of michigan state and they'll find a role for them you know now with the new rules of of you can add more scholarship transfers mel tucker's going to use that and he's going to use it he's going to use it and abuse it and we're going to find more and more quality players like we have so far, like we found with Kenneth Walker and like Ronald Williams and guys like that are going to come be a part of the program. And it's going to be, it's, it's, it is exciting. As you said, it's definitely, we're on a, we're on a very good trajectory right now. Yes. Agreed one. I think everyone is in agreement. It's just that yes meme with the hipster looking guy. Um, Let's move on to the past weekend's events. Folks, I got to meet my co-host for the first time. Yeah, uh, baby, that was cool. 
we were we were messaging back and forth and it was like a, a drama filled it was like 24 you know the clock's ticking down like you know we were all getting ready to leave our tailgates to go to the game and you know all of a sudden you know he's like hey i'm on my way and then oh i'm on my way and then all, then finally he tries to call me and facetime me and i look behind me and i see spartan dog in the flesh and i'm just like it was it was awesome to meet him and it was we met even more people i met even more people this weekend but um it was awesome to meet to meet spartan dog it was awesome to meet you like finally yeah, it was finally we were fucking here yeah, it was cool to meet you too. Uh, it was cool to meet everybody, Ryan, Mitch, yeah, uh, Davis. Uh, you know, it was cool to meet everyone. Uh, you know, it, it like I think I said um, when we had Brett back on the podcast. You know, it's just so fucking crazy that like I make a burner account three years ago <laughs> because uh, my mom yelled at me for making a Catholic church joke. Uh, and i still remember the joke do you guys want to hear it of course okay it's uh what do drake and the catholic church have in common oh you've told this before that's it that's it what do drake that's the joke what do drake and the catholic church have in common they both like them young they both like them young (laughs) yeah oh my god that's just about yep yeah. So, and you know, I make a burner <laughs> and I get connected to Lucas through a podcast. We both listen to that gets yeah. picked up by Barstool yeah. and you know, it, it's led to all this, you know, it's, it's fucking Crazy. awesome. So, like, and it was cool to kind of have that, to have that in-person kind of meeting, you know, it's like official now. Yeah. Like I had Twitter for, I've I've been on Twitter since 2009 and I forget what name it was. I've been suspended uh, quite a few times. Uh, I've not been, I've not been uh, good on Twitter. Uh, I've, but you know, it was really cool when I decided to be active and, you know, find the MSU Twitter community. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. You know, we had our moments, like we had a big follow chain when, when MSU beat Duke. And then, you know, I met Spartan dog on, on the LCV subreddit and then found him on Twitter. And then I started to gravitate that way. And then, you know, we were big, big part of a big community, you know, drama, but you know, a fun community. And then finally, you know, two weeks ago, I got to tailgate, you know, finally meet Carter after I, uh, Spurned him last summer in front of Chipotle in Portage. Heartbreaking. I know. <laughs> but we made up for it, had a couple beers, had a, had a lot of laughs, and then finally met Spartan Dog and a couple other guys. But, um, yeah, I just had to highlight that before we talked about the Nebraska game, how cool it is to, like, actually hang out with you guys and, like, be a, like, legit community and as, as well as online, but also in person, too. Um. So, whew. Um, I want to start off. I deserve slander for what I'm about to say regarding the Nebraska-Michigan State game. It was 20-13, to 13, Nebraska. I walked out. I'm not going to lie. I was not happy. Uh, I think a lot of people thought this team was not going to win. I was one of them. But I didn't look at my phone when I left the stadium because I heard a big roar. 
and I wanted to punch myself in the face, but then I just said, I'm going to keep moving forward. And uh, I got home and I found out they won. So Michigan state won 23, 20 in overtime. Um, it's compliment sandwich time. So I'm going to let you guys steer the wheel for this since I don't deserve to talk about the game as much since I left early. So you guys start. I mean, I left at halftime, but uh, oh, that's, that's because uh, <laughs> that's because I was sitting next to old people <laughs> and in front of a uh, toddler. Oh. The dad looked like he could kick my ass. So I was like, okay, my options are stay and get my ass kicked. That's saying something. Or you're you're a tall king too, right? Or uh, hightail it to Harper's, uh, <laughs> where I can meet up with some friends and and drink alcohol uh, because I was also losing my buzz. So it was like, do I want to be hungover and pissed off, or drunk and pissed off? Right. And and my option was uh, drunk and pissed off. But uh, no, I'll start. I'll start off with this compliment. Uh, you know, shout out. Don't have many, but yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of good per se about this game. Not a lot of good. Uh, but I will say this, uh, shout out. I guess I'll say this, uh, shout out to the fucking students, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, getting into the stadium as a student, I know Carter, you know, Getting into the stadium before the pandemic was a fucking shit show. And now that they have like one fifth of the ticket takers that they used to have, uh, it's even fucking worse. And I actually have a proposal. I have a draft idea for you guys. We can do uh, at the end here. If you, if you would like, we can cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, But uh. But they were they were in the stadium. They were packed. You know, they even filled up the upper. They even filled up the upper section, which I hadn't seen filled since the Michigan game in 2016. I will say that when the game started, that upper bowl was empty, and I get it's because they're having issues with ticket takers on. But it was not a good look for for a minute. But thankfully, it it filled right up. Like I was nervous. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it's such a pain in the ass to to get to get through that student section gate. I mean, like as a as a if you just have regular tickets, there are like six points of entry for you. If you're a student, there's one gate. <laughs> there there is a single gate, and like it's always packed up. If you're not like one of the first like 200 people there, you're waiting for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's it's fucking awful. It is a terrible experience. And, but they came out, they showed up, they stayed the whole time. Unlike Lucas, unlike me, uh, <laughs> you guys were fucking loud. You were you were you were doing you were doing all the chants. First down, bitch. Uh, you were doing the you were doing the go you were leading the go green go white did the wave you guys yeah you guys were doing the, we were doing the wave at Na- one point nature is healed the wave is back yeah so shout out to you guys because you guys uh, you know I know Tucker said it it probably means more coming from Mel Tucker than it does coming from me but you guys brought the energy you guys sustained the energy and you know i was i was very happy you know because michigan state student section doesn't have that great of a reputation 
Yeah. But I'm happy. But you know, I was I was super impressed with you guys. They, Shout out to you guys. They they brought it. Um, my section 126 was a disappointment. It was it was more than it was about half empty. Uh, they're not great seats, but they're not awful. You can have a great view of the field. I mean, there's not really a bad seat in Spartan Stadium if we're no. being if we're being honest. I mean, all the seats in Spartan Stadium are pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I thought the student just from like I was on the opposite side of the student section, they brought it the whole night, like you said. Um, well, the whole time I was there. <clears throat> um, and they were loud like at the beginning when Nebraska's coming, you know, fuck Nebraska, fuck Nebraska. Like I haven't seen that energy from the student section in a very long time. And if, if they are bringing it, that's going to hype up the crowds every single time. It's like, we were the third downs, you know, I think we were all standing up. I was standing up. Um, I even got the old guys sitting next to me to stand up. You did. Yeah, I did. Just like get you, you helped them get up. It only happened once, but I got them to stand up. Um, yeah, I, I thought the the atmosphere was good. Um, it's it wasn't a sellout, but it was pretty goddamn close, and it was really loud. Um, I mean, I Carter, what, I'll let you go on the next compliment. Like we'll keep going. We'll do another compliment. Then then I'll start with the negative since I deserve the slander. My first compliment. I am overall going to compliment the defense. I actually despite a couple lapses, thought that they played a hell of a game. I mean, Adrian Martinez is one of the most elusive, not only quarterbacks, but one of the most elusive players in the Big Ten. And I think that they did a pretty good job of getting pressure on him, containing him. Uh, Ponashuk specifically, I thought Quiveris Crouch played a good game too. You know, they had seven sacks in that game. So I yes. think our defensive line and our, and our ability to get to the quarterback is going to be a huge thing. Uh, continuing this season and Xavier Henderson had 17 tackles 17 and these aren't tackles as in he's a safety and the the quarterback puts the ball down the field and the receiver catches it he trips him up for a touchdown every time he is, is sniffing out that ball at pretty much the line of scrimmage and making those tackles yeah 17 yeah, no, tackles is I ridiculous. mean I mean if you, like Tucker talks about relentless and and I think uh, Xavier Henderson uh, kind of exemplified that that relentless attitude. I mean, he was he was all over the field uh, on Saturday. You know, he was. It, I think it's probably one of the better games he's played in coverage um, in yeah. in his career. And he was getting downhill. He was getting. He was finding. He was finding. He was finding the ball. He was making contact. And I think. And you know. Ultimately, I think you're right, Carter. You know, uh, I I do have, um, I do have some gripes. We'll get to it. I do have some gripes with uh, the game Scotty Hazelton called on on Saturday. Me too. But I do think, but I do think the defense really stepped up. Um, you know, yeah. and they were on the field for a long fucking time, especially in the second half. I oh, mean, that they were. They were basically on the field the entire time and to only give up seven points um, is either a, a testament to how good our defense is or B a testament to how inept of a coach Scott Frost is. And <laughs> it's probably a bit of both. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably like 60, 40 defense. Uh, but yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely spot on Carter. I was really impressed with the defense 
on Saturday, despite, you know, my, my frustrations. And, and I was, you know, Xavier Henderson, uh, when I rewatched the game on YouTube the other day, he's, he's one guy I was like, Oh, I didn't even recognize that. Cause I was pretty fucked up. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, I'm like, maybe I should stop drinking for these games. If, <laughs> But then I remembered like Andy RHCMB exists and you know YouTube exists, so it's like Andy I'll just go back. King. Yeah. Uh so I'm good, but no, like, yeah, shout out to the defense. Absolutely. Yeah, and one then, more. And rest up and rest up Drew Beasley. With with the yeah, rest up, please. I hope he's a hope he's hoping come back soon, somewhat soon. Um the defense seems the motto seems to be bend but don't break. And I don't like the, the the coverage because it seemed like Nebraska just was throwing those outs and getting a get. They were converting every fucking third down. I swear, like I, I after a while I stopped standing up. I'm just like, all right, if they if they stop this one, I'll stand up on the next drive because it was just like it was annoying as shit. Um, but yeah, and Crouch, yeah, Crouch is getting better and better in this defense. He. He reminds me of when they'd have to play spy for, you know, like Denard Robinson, you know, how like Narduzzi would build his defense to beat Michigan. Hazleton has that adjustability, I think. And, you know, I, I, I question the coverage, Mike, much like I question Miami coverage, but um, I, I think if they lost that game 2013, I was going to be here tonight and saying, I'm not blaming the defense for giving up 20 points, you know, with how fiery the offense looked that, you know, that was the biggest disappointment. And I'll start the negative by saying I'm nervous about our offensive calling. And I like Jay Johnson. I'm just going to say I'm nervous that he can't adapt to a game when the run game is not working. It seemed apparent that Nebraska's, Nebraska's sole objective was pretty much stop Kenneth Walker at all costs. And it almost won them the, the damn game. It was going to win them that game. And if you look at the statistics, it should have won the game. But, um, you know, I'm not going to say credit to, but that play calling really, I was just waiting for the adjustments. It's like, you can throw on these guys. You just don't have to go for these bomb passes and for the, and for, you know, that trick play all the time. Like you can throw on them. You just got to chip away at it. And it seemed like, they were just too impatient. And the flea flicker kind of felt like it was coming out of, okay, we got to try something here. It's a little bit of desperation. Change my mind. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what it felt like to me at the time. No, Lucas, you and I are exactly aligned. And listen, I'll tell you what, Carter, you've been a guest on the pod multiple times. Lucas, we've done this for a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. You know, my, you know, my, uh, you know, my style, you know, my mojo, right. You know, my vibes, yeah. right. Have you ever seen me pull out <laughs> one of these? No. For the, for the listeners, I have a legal notepad full of fucking <coughs> notes. I took fucking notes. This is how fucking pissed off I was at Jay Johnson. All right. So the first thing I wanted to look at, because um, not only did I watch like the full broadcast, I mean, not the, I didn't watch the whole thing start to finish. I kind of scrubbed through it. Um, but, uh, I watched, 
I Andy RHCMD uh, posted posted the the off the the cut from from the Miami game. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> jeez, you distracted me. Uh, shout out Peach because apparently you just had a banger. Oh my god, it's incredible. Uh, uh, I'm, okay, okay, but uh, here we go. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's working railing the pod. Holy shit. (laughs) It's a so uh, it's a picture of uh, EJ Holland, (laughs) and next to it is the picture of uh, of Nathan, you know, wearing that. That's not EJ Holland. Who is it? That's Chris Vanini. Oh really? Oh, yeah, oh I see. I thought it was catching some heat for a tweet. Oh, it is. Chris, Chris uh, I thought it was EJ went too. on the went. There was a compliment about MSU's recruiting class under Tucker, and it said since 2016. And then he just happens to retweet it and say, "Don't look at what happened with the 2016 class." And he's getting just fucking obliterated. Sorry to derail it, but I about pissed myself laughing at that. If yeah. you haven't seen the Vanini tweet, it's pretty cringe. And I know, I know he's been on our pod before, but it's bad. So, um, so anyway, back. So I took fucking notes, right? So not only did I watch the the Nebraska game back, uh, Andy RHCMB posted his cut of the Miami game. All right, and I was watching the game. I I watched them back to back. I basically watched them back to back, and I said, "Man, like." They j- it, it looked like two different offenses. So I did some research, right? So I compared, I went to the box scores and I compared the, I compared some stats. The top three, the top three receivers on the depth chart, Trey Mosley, uh, Jalen Naylor, Jaden Reed. Uh, in, in the Miami game, Trey had two receptions for 57 yards versus Nebraska he had six receptions for 70 yards. Yeah. Uh, versus Miami, Jaden had three receptions for 32 yards and a touchdown. And versus Nebraska, he had four receptions, 59 yards in a touchdown. Here's the most egregious. Here's the most egregious drop off, I think. Uh, Speedy Naylor versus Miami, four receptions, 82 yards, two touchdowns. Versus Nebraska, zero receptions, zero yards. Zero touchdowns. Yeah, he he was my prop bet to score the first touchdown. So that Trey Mosley's Trey Mosley's production dropped from twenty eight point five yards of reception to twelve yards of reception. Woof. Kenneth Walker had eight less attempts versus versus Nebraska than he did against Miami, and one hundred and twenty one less yards. Mm-hmm. It's. Yeah, I I haven't listened to I haven't watched any of the post game, uh, from like Mel and the coaches. But have has Jay Johnson really talked about it, or has it just been Mel kind of doing the kind of politics type of approach, which I don't mind. No, I. It's mostly just been Mel politicking. Okay. But here, here I think is the most. Here I think is the most offensive stat of all. Versus Miami, the MSU offense had twenty three first downs. Do you know how many first downs they had against Nebraska? I'm going to say three. 
fucking 12. Okay. 12 in the whole game, one in the second half. They had one in the second half? They had yeah, they one, one first down. The they had one first down in the second half. This is, I mean, like, to, I made a meme uh, again in the Rutgers game last year where it was Fred ripping off Jay Johnson's head and like a Scooby, like the Scooby Doo mm-hmm. meme where you rip off someone's head and someone else of Jay Johnson, Fred ripping Jay Johnson's mask off and it's, and it's Dave Warner. I, I, I almost brought that meme back on Saturday. If I wasn't so hammered, I probably would have went back and found it and posted it. Yeah. I, I did. I, I kept my mouth shut because there were kids near me and I didn't, I tried to keep my cursing down, but when I left, I mean, you showed, you showed a lot more maturity than I did. Well, I am older, so I have to be the role model for all you youngsters. Um, yeah, I I did say when I left, I'm like, it's fucking Dave Warner right now, and I I can't I can't stand it. Couldn't. No, I could. got to the bar. That's the Ugh. first thing I said to my. That's the first thing I said to my friends. I go, this is fucking D'Antonio football, and we're gonna lose this fucking goddamn game. Yep. It felt like they were playing not to win, or. They were playing not to lose. That's what happened. Yeah. Kenneth Walker couldn't get it going with the plays Jay Johnson had scripted up. So instead of adjusting and trying to work them out wide, trying to do some swing passes, you know, hitting some of the stuff that was open underneath, um, you know, putting Hayward in the backfield and letting them, you know, kind of have him be a lead blocker. It just, it, it was it was like watching it was like having you could post Michigan State second half offensive drives under their Merriam Webster's definition for insanity. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it there's there's there was no logic to it. There was no adjustment, right? Against Miami, Jay Johnson adjusted. Yeah. He goes, "Okay, What's open? What can we do? How can we spread this defense out? And go, go ahead. I'll just keep going. Let's keep going. And I think, and I don't think it was the player. It was not the player's fault. I would like to emphasize this, right? It, the, the, every, no one on the team gave a poor effort. I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think anyone on the team gave a poor, a poor effort on Saturday. The coaching almost failed. The Jay Johnson almost failed this team. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Um, it, the players were amped up. Like every third down, they were like, you know, waving the crowd on. They were right. daring us. The energy the was there. Everyone was there. And, you know, it just, it just Wait, who was there? there. It, Jay Johnson, Jay Johnson was just up in the booth and it, he just wasn't doing any, he wasn't, he just kept running. He just stuck to the script and it wasn't working. I don't know. Like, I think he was smelling, honestly, I think he was smelling his own farts a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and play armchair psychologist, but like, 
you know, but, and, and look, it feels a little bit ridiculous that I'm bitching about a win in a year that was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Yeah. But look, like things have changed, right? Like things are a lot different now. We're in a very different position now than we were on September 2nd before the season started. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I don't know if Jay Johnson doesn't realize that or not, but like if he, if he makes those, if he does the same shit against, against Rutgers that he did against, that he did against, uh, then, then he did against Nebraska on Saturday. Like we all know how that movie goes, <laughs> you know, we've all seen that movie. before. Uh, if he does it against Western Kentucky, I mean, I think my nine and three predictions looking pretty good right now, but if he does it against Western Kentucky, I think we're leaning towards the eight and four realm. I, I mean, here's the thing about like his game plan. And I don't want to jump ahead. Carter, go ahead with your, go ahead with your negativity or with your. Uh, Just shower us with your negativity as always. Yeah. Piss on me with your negativity, daddy. <laughs> well, I I think you're kind of nailing it right now. I think the play calling and the this stagnant offense of the second half is part of of my negativity is just there were five yards. There were five yards of offense in the second half from this team. And a lot of it came because there was just they there was no creativity. I agree with you. There was just nothing. I, you know, they couldn't get Kenneth Walker going, so they didn't make, but they didn't mix anything up. And I absolutely agree with you that they, that they didn't change anything. It was the, and, and, and I think Thorne took some rough hits. So yeah. it was kind of tough for him to get that ball out and get out of the pocket because he was obviously not at the top level that he was playing because it was it's quite possible he's concussed. I don't want to make any assumptions or anything, but he took a lot of hard hits to the head. Right. And he definitely did not look 100% in the second half. Um, that, and I know I said that the defense was a positive, and it was, but there were moments that 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 uh, that two deep zone absolutely killed us. It, just the fact that we have our receivers playing five, ten yards off, they're giving up like seven yards a catch. That's going to allow an offense to walk down the field. I know that we don't really have the athletes at that position yet, in order to prevent that and being able to play man. But you got to do something, you know what I mean? You got to, you got to figure out a way to keep these receivers in front of you, at, at a at a way that you can not allow them to get down the field so easily. Because I feel like there was somebody open every single time. Some of that had to do with the fact that Adrian Martinez is so good at making up plays on the run. Yeah. But a lot of it was just pretty poor coverage. I mean, that's where my negativity comes from. Is I think that this team at all, and I agree. You know that, that that's something that you guys have been echoing. I'm saying it too. Well, didn't, didn't MSU I, – I follow this guy named Space Coyote on Twitter who, like, does a really good job of, like, an, kind of teaching you <laughs> defense and, like, offensive game plans and, and plays. Yeah. He was saying that when once MSU went to man in the Miami game, things changed. And I was kind of looking for that. I want them to play Nebraska tighter because I think that could have changed the game drastically much sooner. Um what was frustrating the hell out of me is you can't really do anything once a play's broken, right? Like it's basically a free for all. You know what I mean? Like when, when the guys are getting pressure on AG Martinez and then he's 
quick enough to I swear to God he was down on that one that was talked about. I thought the mm-hmm. football count is down, but I don't understand that. But you know, I get I'm that's why I'm not a referee. But um, like and then he broke it for like 50 yards. That was such a ball breaker. Like it felt like for mo- for that first half, MSU was the better team by far, and all they could get Nebraska get was broken plays, and that pissed me off so much. But then the tone changed. Nebraska just kept doing what they were doing, and it worked. And um, yeah, that's the only negativity I have to add to it because we can end with. I think I, I want to end on the lone positive that's left is I think Jaden Reed is obviously <clears throat> the the savior for this team, along with the defense stepped up in the end. But, I mean, Jaden Reed, without that punt return, I, I watched the replay and I'm like, shit, I bet that whole place thought he was taking it to the house the second he, the second he got it. Did, did you yeah. guys think that too when you saw it? I mean, he said it in his – he said it in his – in the press conference post game, he goes, Oh yeah, that's right. Someone asked him uh, when he knew it was, when he knew he was going to take it all away. And he goes, two seconds after I carded, I started running left. Everyone went right. And I go, Oh, this is going to be six. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Not arrogance. I love that confidence. Huh? Like, and that was the first punt return in 10 years since you need guys on. like that. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, and, you know, obviously the defense came up big in, in overtime. I forget who picked off Martinez. Was it? Um, That's Chester Kimbrough. Kimbrough, yeah. And he took it to the house, which would have been which would have been a great way to end it. But, you know, this team, I think we all said it. We were curious to see how they'd handle adversity. And was it pretty? Fuck no. Should they have won? Probably not. But they won. And that's snatching victory out of the jaws of defeat. And I will take it. They're 4-0. They're 17th in the country. Um, you know, I, do you guys have any more compliments to add before we move on to talking Western Kentucky? Uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would just like to shout out. Um, I think I'd like to shout out Mel Tucker because I think, uh, you know, I, Will, Will Hunter, I think, put it best. Um, you know, he he said as stressful at that as stressful as that game was uh it was nice to have an msu team not come to a game with their best stuff and still win Mm -hmm. and you know that's something that we haven't seen in a very very long time so i you know shout out for tucker for for you know keeping cool under pressure uh, you know, not flinching when he get when his team gets punched in the face. Uh, you know, staying calm and and you know just just trying to work the plan, work the plan, work the plan. And you know, I think even if Reed didn't house that punt, we probably would have scored on that drive anyway. Would have been close <laughs> enough. Yeah, I mean, like not to be not to be cocky, but that's how I feel. So. Uh, you know, I think I think Tucker deserves a lot of credit for that win because I think he was he was an integral part of it. Absolutely. Carter, it's the mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Carter. It's the mentality that he's instilled in these guys is to just never quit, never fall down, never lie down and die. You know, yeah. just you got to make the plays in order to win. And they did. And I think, of course, I agree with you guys. I think they a million percent should have lost that game. But uh, the thing is, they didn't. 
they never quit at any point. We got a punt return taken to the house. Kimbrough nearly picked it and took it back. Close. Jaden Reed, close. <laughs> Jaden Reed said, are you going to tell people I did that? And I housed Nebraska's punt. <laughs> um, last thing on Nebraska, fuck Scott Frost. Yeah, Scott Frost is a piece of Sore shit. Sore ass loser. Like oh, he that said, was terrible. He said that. I love he's like, we uh we had no business losing that game. Is he right in theory? Yes. Look at the stats. Can't say Absolutely. that. But that reminds me of how um how sort of a loser Brett Bielema was after the Rocket game. He said, um, if we get the ball in overtime, we roll them. And that's just arrogance right there. That's just being a sore loser and doing a woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, and then he – he I didn't watch the video that Justin Thin put out, but Scott – it was like a minute long, and he like threw his players under the bus basically for that game. I – He said – he said basically uh, his punter was told not to give – not to punt it to Reed, and he did it anyway. Yeah. Like his punter – in his coverage team didn't follow instructions. Well, I mean, he didn't, and he shanked it a lot. I mean, so he did his job. But um, I just want to say that's – I'm not an expert, but that's the sign of a coach who doesn't have very long. If he's not starting to blame good. his players uh, instead of taking responsibility as a grown-ass man. Yeah, yeah. any coach – right. You know, a, 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 a MAGA patriot once said, uh, you don't come after him. You come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> Jesus, that was like 12 years ago or some shit. Yeah. Uh, Mike Gundy is now 52. Yeah, he's 52. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so, pill to the gills. <laughs> with a sick-ass mullet. Um, or I think it's gone. But uh, anyway, RIP to the mullet. So we'll talk real quick about the Western Kentucky game. Um, this... This is weird. MSU is favored. The consensus is like nine to ten and a half. Um, but like I use an odds website for my sports pick them that I run on a message board, and the predicted score is dead even, like 25.8 to 25.8. This is a weird fucking game to predict. I I'm done making predictions. Like Spartan Dog didn't make a prediction last week. Um, I'm done making predictions after last week, but I just just win. Just win the fucking game. So so here's where I sit with Western Kentucky. Um, is it look, Western Kentucky has one of the most explosive has one of the most explosive passing games in college football. Yes, I that's, think they're I think they're number one. That's absolute that's an absolute fact. Watching them pass the football around uh is like watching it, <laughs> it's like watching someone it's like watching someone play NCAA football. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like like they just toss the ball anywhere, you know. Uh, yeah. But here's the other thing: uh, they played Army earlier in the season and gave up 435 rushing yards uh, to Army. Holy shit! All, all Army, yeah. All Army has done since this since uh, all Army has done in like the past 70 years is lose wars and run the football. Come on. That one wasn't even bad. I could have said something like kill Iraqi children. The edit, the edit meter, the edit progress meter. I could have said poison a generation of these people. Oh, fuck me. Um, 
I could have said suck big oil's dick. <sighs> but I didn't I didn't say any of those things. <laughs> Motherfucker. Um <laughs> I so did what I did say them. I I just want to say I want them to win this game. This could be an ultimate blueprint game. Shout out blueprint Trev. Um to to beat us, you know, like if we get exposed by passing, but I mean, most teams get exposed by throwing the ball, but holy shit. If army has get if army rushed for almost 500 yards, I'm not saying MSU line, MSU's own line is world beaters, but that means Kenneth Walker should fucking eat. He should get, I'm not going to say he should get 200 yards, but he should get close to 200 yards. And that should mean that Collins and, you know, shout out Arby's that Elijah Collins and uh, Jordan Simmons and uh, the, the water boys, you know, get, get carries in this game. That blows my mind. And I think Peyton Thorne's going to have a bounce back as long as he's okay. I think he's going to have a bounce back game. I'm not saying they're going to throw for 400 and run for 200 for 400, but I think MSU is going to win this game, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's just like last week where it's a field goal or just a last minute touchdown to, to seal the deal. This is a, this is a, uh, I hate saying trap game, but this is a game we could very easily lose. So, so here's, so here's my thinking going into the Nebraska game. If MSU had come out and kicked Nebraska's ass up and down the field, I was ready to, I was ready to chalk this one in as an owl. I go, okay, this is a massive trap game. It's a night game after a night game. It's it's gonna be it, it's gonna be too much. We're gonna have to fuck up sometime. This team isn't this team isn't ready. This is where this is where they're gonna trip. Right. And after the Nebraska game, I'm a lot more confident. Because I think I think not only is Tucker gonna allow them. To trip and look, they're gonna get beaten this year, right? Like Wrong. they're gonna get they're gonna get beaten, but they're never gonna beat themselves. And Wrong. I think the only way, what? I'm <laughs> just fucking with you. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen and zero. Uh, <laughs> Rams. Rams three and fourteen. MSU fifteen. What if what if we went out? What if yeah? Huh? What if we went out? Huh? Uh, what if we fucking <laughs> did this shit? Uh. No, like, no, I think, like, Tucker's, we're not going to beat ourselves. And I think the only way we could lose this game is if we beat ourselves. I don't think Western Kentucky's defense is is good enough to hold us. And I don't think their offense, um, and I don't think their offense is dynamic enough to beat us. I think I as much as Ben don't break defense pisses me off, uh, this is the kind of this is the kind of offense Ben don't break. Uh, ben, this is the kind of offense that Ben don't break defense is made for. Yeah. So I it's think a test. it's a test. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be a major test of the secondary, and it's going to be a major test of uh, of you know Scotty Hazelton and and what he can and what adjustments he can make on the fly with, with the, you know, with the secondary he has. And unfortunately his defense got a little thinner this week. Uh, we haven't touched on it yet. Um, but you know, 
I, uh, I think Western Kentucky's just gonna try the whole fucking day to throw the ball. They only I mean, average 81 yards, so it's obviously a goal line or last resort or very very short yardage play for them. I, I'd be I, shocked if they st- if I they think, started running on first down. I mean, honestly, like just you know, I that like this is gonna be a good this is gonna be a good bounce back game for Scotty Hazelton in the defense because it, it's the kind of you know. MSU and Scotty Hazelton draw up the kind of defense that is meant to stop the over the top passes that Western Kentucky has been so successful with. Yeah. So, and if they can't stop and if they don't know how to stop army (laughs) from running the ball of all fucking schools, you know, army doesn't exactly run the fucking air raid uh, unless it's a Palestinian hospital. Uh, (laughs) God. I just I don't Move I, along. <laughs> you know I think I we're sleep I'm sleeping well. I'm sleeping well. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna win, like I said, but I'm not making a prediction. The, the it's just weird how the spread is 10 and a half, and like pro- projections say it's gonna be like a tie ball game essentially. So I think Vegas has no fucking idea. I'm not betting on this game, I'm staying away from it. Uh, big time. I'm not. I'm not getting close to touching this game. I'm not betting another Michigan State game the rest of the season. <laughs> like I got, I I got my payday with the Miami money line. Yeah, and me too. I'm I'm set. I'm all good, fam. Go with Christ. <laughs> go, go, Christ, bro. Go find God. <laughs> um, go so, find God. And even when you find God, don't come back. <laughs> Carter, what do you what do you think about this game? Like, what are your I want your I want your hard hitting analysis on this game. I think that like going into the season, Western Kentucky was a team that a lot of people were overlooking, and I'm not sure a lot of people are overlooking them anymore, just because they've seen what they can do offensively. I think the Indiana game last week opened up a lot of people's eyes. That their offense is for real. They can really throw the ball. Bailey Zappi, their quarterback, has thrown 13 touchdowns in three games. Is that good? That's pretty fucking good. Last time I checked, I'm going to have to do some math. Seven of them, yeah, seven of them were uh, in the first game. But, you know, seven touchdowns in any game yeah. is, is impressive, whether you're playing UT Martin or not. And Michigan State's biggest weakness is probably their secondary. So I think this game can end up being a shootout. If, if, uh, if we can throw the ball – and, and run the ball, we should be able to score on them. I think this game will be a touchdown. This could be like a 42 to 35 type of game. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I just want people to understand that that this is not going to be a blowout game. It's going to be a fun game for sure, especially if you're not a fan of either of these teams. It's going to be fun. But I, this, I just, I'm a little nervous for sure. I think I agree with that. I'm a little less nervous because I do think they're going to make the adjustments that they need to uh, after last week. But, and especially with Mel Tucker today, or I think yesterday or the day before his press conference saying there's no shot in hell. We're going to overlook this game. No, uh, I think that they'll, I think that they'll be ready. I think that they've watched the film. I think they know what they need to do. If I was them, I would just sit back uh, in zone and just to not let these guys beat you down the field, because I think that's what Western Kentucky's good at but they can't stop a leak on defense. So we should be able to score. And Kenneth Walker should be able to run all over them. 
but it's just not a game I think we should we should be overlooking. I mean, if MSU gets up like three or four scores early, then yeah, we could. That that I don't know. I mean, if they're up twenty-one or twenty nothing, I'm still not going to feel good. I'm not going to feel can good. Score until, in an instant, they really can. Not going to feel good until it's fourth quarter with five minutes left and they're up twenty-eight nothing. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm the, I just want them to win. I don't care if it's by a point or 25, 50 points. Just walk out of homecoming five and zero, please. You know, just just walk out of homecoming five and zero. I I have nothing else to add to the game. I'm nervous for it. I'm excited to tailgate again, but um. You know, I guess we're just going to have to see. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, shout out, uh, shout out to, uh, shout out to Rutgers, uh, the Sheano man, uh, for covering the, uh, for covering the spread uh, against Michigan on Saturday and all but, and all but guaranteeing uh, that uh, Maddie May spite parlay will cash. But, Let's be real here. Rutgers totally shit their pants in that game. And yeah. I couldn't believe the refs didn't call that pass interference on Michigan in the end zone for Rutgers. Like the dude's tugging on the guy's jersey. Like I that's that, yeah. pretty blatant. And I get refs make mistakes, but whoa, that was rough. But Rutgers just did not. Whoa! What? He has trouble with the snap. <laughs> Rutgers just didn't help themselves. I was so pissed watching the game, like watching the game on my phone before the game started. I'm like, wow, fucking Michigan. Wow. They're probably gonna, they're probably gonna get luck and, and roll Wisconsin this weekend, who is just a shitty team. They're bad. Their That's defense so bad. is elite, but Graham Mertz is doo doo. Awful, mean, awful. Uh, that Illinois game last year where he threw five touchdowns, fake and everyone game was like. Holy shit, Graham Mertz is Graham Mertz is the real deal. Like they made the right choice ditching Jack Cohn. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> not that Jack Cohn. I I don't think Jack Cohn's any better. <laughs> but not really. No. Um, not really. It, it's <laughs> like it's like they traded in a Pinto for a Geo. You know, <laughs> they traded in a. They traded in an 05 Saturn view for an 07 Saturn view. <laughs> traded in a Ford Fiesta for a Ford Focus. Yeah. You're yeah. really not getting a huge upgrade there. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, so do we want to talk basketball real quick and then to, to I, I, I actually I actually want to propose a draft. Okay. For you guys real quick. Okay. Top three okay. things you would improve about the MSU game day experience. Okay. Oh, I think we yeah, have one that we'll all agree on. We'll do that and then take off for the week. Does that sound good? Yeah, we'll talk about basketball real quick. I gotta, I gotta be out relatively. Yeah. But yeah, and and one quick thing on Klein and Gervin. It sucks to lose depth at at the secondary position where yes. we're the weakest, and and in the linebacking core, where I don't think we're all that strong either. But you know, this is the new reality of college football, where if guys if guys don't get the playing time they think they deserve, they're gonna leave. And honestly, that's their right. Right. Um, right. If you don't feel like you're a good fit at the school you're at, you you have a right as an academic student to transfer to wherever you want, wherever you want to go. And college athletes have that same right now. So as much as it sucks to lose that depth, it's just the new reality of college football. And, you yeah. know, I think we're going to have to learn that pretty quick. So, yeah, I 
it's unfortunate, but like I said earlier, I'm not going to fault the kid for making what he thinks is the right decision, no matter what time of year. Um, I'll let you guys go. Well, okay, so game day experiences. Let's do uh, – I'll just make the draft order. We'll do snake draft. We'll do Carter, Spartan Dog, myself. I'll let you guys go first. Well, you gave me the first one, so I'm going to steal the one I think you both have, and that's alcohol being needs to be sold in the stadiums. I think that would just – you know, it's the meme society if if Spartan Stadium sold alcohol, and it's like the perfect <laughs> society. That's where we're at, man, because I – you know, I I want to pay for a $14 Miller Lite. Just make just make it happen. Let, let the option be there. Right, right. And, and you don't need to sell liquor. Like just no. beer, wine, and seltzers are fine. Like, you know, like that's Twisted college kids. Tea, that's all they need. Twisted Tea is an official sponsor of MSU Athletics. I would love a Twisted. I would love to pay twelve fifty for a Twisted Tea Tall Boy in Spartan Stadium. That sounds fucking delicious. And normally, I fucking hate Twisted Tea, but there's something about being in East Lansing that unlocks this primordial sludge of a human being in the back of my mind. That makes me want to drink Bush Light and Twisted Tea and go to Rick's and pay $10 cover and just get fucking annihilated. Yeah. Um, what's your pick, Spartan Dog? My, my second, one. My, my pick, I'm, I'm taking another low-hanging fruit. Um, uh, open the lots at 7 a.m. no matter what. Just open yeah. the fucking lots at 7 a.m. Noon game, 3.30 game, night game, 7 a.m., open them. Michigan does it. There's no reason why we shouldn't do it. I, I think it's going to happen very soon. Luana K. Simon, fuck her for making that change because she thought that was the biggest problem MSU had during her tenure was the tailgate lots being open too well, early. Well, fuck with Tom bitch. Izzo coming out, fuck her. Saying, with Tom Izzo coming out and saying it, I think he has plenty. Unless of whoever the fuck you want, Larry, but we can't have people partying too early on campus. <sighs> Fucking Harry and Lucas do some work. Ugh, fucking I'm not, cunt. but I'm getting closer and closer. I have the software. I'm um, clipping this and I'm posting it from the bank. Luana K. Simon is a fucking cunt. We know. Like Waterboy. I know. <laughs> uh, my, <laughs> damn it. My, my first pick would be... Okay, you guys took tailgating. Asshole, you took beer. Fuck. I think they got to change up the the pregame stuff. Like, or no, not pregame. I think there needs to be a little more audience part, um, trying to prod more out of the audience. Like, okay, I'm, or change up the traditions. Like, Swag Surfing, I think, is a step in the right direction, even though they played it at like a two volume out of like 200. Yeah, they, they, they played the the public address announcer played it out of his iPhone and like held the microphone up to the speaker. Yeah. Like they do, like they do for the national anthem at high school sporting events. So bad. <laughs> I would say here's here's my number one pick, and it's gonna be controversial, especially for the boomers. Get rid of saying it's a beautiful day for football. I'm gonna get torched for that, especially when I have CC's short, medium-sized house make the graphic for this draft. So that's my number one overall or my third overall pick. Okay. Back to me. I'm going to say, 
I think there should be the option to oh no, here's what I want them to do. Why don't colleges have unless Spartan Stadium did, I'm just fucking stupid and forgetting it. And it's probably because of COVID. Did did we have vendors come up and down the stands at all or no? Yes, I did see vendors in my section. See, they weren't up. Okay, I'm just a, a poor in the upper bowl, so I'm not going to take that. Um, okay, so I will pick – hmm, I'm really fucking bad at this draft. You guys took, like, the big, the big heavy hitters. I'm going to say open up the stadium a little earlier. Like I like that. I'm going to say open – I'm not saying, like, you know, if it's a 7 a.m. game, open the stadium, but, like, let people walk around, like go to the front row and shit. Like don't just have the ticket checkers there. Like right when the gates open, like let people kind of do their thing. And, 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 you know, the security can still be there. like open it three hours early instead of an hour and a half before the game. I, no, I, Lucas, I don't think that's bad. No, to jump off that point. Uh, I, a, a family tradition of ours was on when we would take road trips uh, we would stop off at, at campuses and we would explore campuses all over the country. And uh, the University of Florida just has like Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, just like open. <laughs> it's just, you can just, we like walked in and like walked onto the field. It was fucking yeah. awesome. And there were like, there were like students running the bleachers you know, they were, it was fucking, it was really fucking cool. And I agree with you. I think like opening it up a little more, I think is going to be, I think is going to be cool. And which brings me to my next point about opening it up. We need to do something about the ticket takers. I mean, we, especially in the students, especially for the student gates, it, it needs to be automated. I'm sorry. Like we need to do, we need something. to do something like this, like a subway turnstile system, because for students, it's just all on your Spartan card. Like the technology doesn't exist to just like put your Spartan card face down and you can walk through a turnstile. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I just, I, there needs to be a way to make that, to make the, to make the flow of traffic better. Is you know that- what we need? You know what we need? We need someone, Lucas, this is for you. We need someone from uh, Walt Disney Parks. <clears throat> from Walt, we, Holler, seriously, Holler needs to hire somebody from, from Walt Disney like Parks an operations and like, and like figure out our game day flow oh, because man. it's fucking abysmal. And Disney basically has that whole shit automated. And there's no reason why we can't be why we can't do the same, or hire someone from the local Chick Fil A. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I can agree with that because I've gone to, to games in the student section, and I know Carter is a student there. But yeah, the process with, oh, has always seemed to be a fucking pain in the ass, and like there's got to be a better way. Like like automate the gates of entry and still have security there obviously but that way you can have a couple ticket takers ready in case someone's ticket's not working or some bullshit you know you can you can have people on standby but let the robots do the work because they're eventually going to take over right i mean amazon just 
like Amazon is like here by this robot dog. It's like Rosie from the Jetsons. Yeah. That's a little old. I dated myself pretty bad. Uh, it's like Carter. Bender. <laughs> Carter, what's what's your what's your uh, third second and third picks? My first one is similar to uh, to what SD said about opening up the lots earlier. I think we need to open up more lots because yes. when I was when I came to tailgate a couple weeks ago with you yeah. guys, I was driving around all over the place because mm-hmm. most of the streets were blocked off. Most of the parking lots were restricted to, you know, people who like paid ahead of time or something. And, and there was just, I was driving around all over the place and the parking lot that I used was nearly full. And it's like, there are a lot of people that are driving up here. Parking on campus in general is awful. It's one of the most awful experiences uh, in this whole state, I think. But it's way worse. It's like it's probably times. it's probably the worst thing you'll do as a student. It is most definitely terrible. Like I had to buy a parking pass and it was ridiculous. And it's even worse on game days because most things are blocked off, and it's just a it's. I was just I was I was driving around so frustrating. I was like, why is everything blocked off? And it's like, yeah, that that is one of the things that I would. I would have to fix. And then the next one is another thing that was touched on. And that's kind of the game day experience in the stadium. Uh, they let the players pick what music comes out a couple years ago. Uh, I think it was 2019 as they let one, there was one game. It was either the Tulsa game or the Western game. It was real early in the season. They let the players pick the music and it was music that, cause it, this is students and it's mostly the majority of people who are going to games, I think are students. Well, maybe not, but they're a lot, they're allowed, they're allowed group of people. The students, so, the students outnumber the old people. I will. Yeah. I mean, I think that I'm safe in saying that. I, yeah. So, and there was the, and there was that old people letter or something. I'm like the music selection was just awful and I hated it, but it's like, this is what the players and the students all want to hear. It's not like, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of old music as well, of older music, like rock and stuff. I want something else for game day. I want to, I want to get fired up in a different way. So I would, I would once again, let the, let the players, let the coaches select what music plays like during breaks and things like that. They, they did it before a couple times and they just went back to, I don't even know like what they play. I know they play. Like, I'm sick of hearing like my house by Flo Rida and, <laughs> and like firework Katy Perry, that's like what I'm hearing. They're they're doing the more, work. more NBA young boy in Smarty <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I basically just said L plus ratio. So that's my la- that's my last <laughs> <laughs> they should uh you know what? Spartan Stadium could exclusively play swag surfing and Myron. And it would be like a twenty-fold <laughs> improvement over the music selection in the stadium now. <laughs> uh, so, so my final choice, and it, it's it's a little bit of an unorthodox choice, and I think, um, and it does, and it doesn't necessarily benefit me. Um, I think we need like, um, and it kind of goes back to like your idea, Carter, of like opening the lots. Like, I think we need, like, a Grove area. I think Munfield, once it gets resurfaced to turf, needs, you know, needs to become, like, the Grove at Old Miss. 
where it's just like a super huge tailgating area, or even uh, this, I think this is going to be my choice. There needs to be a, a communal student tailgate area. It, so I think like, I think like Munfield is like perfect for that. So I, you know, I think that's kind of what, what needs to, what kind of needs to happen is, is kind of open Munfield up for communal student tailgating. Yeah. And I think not only will it get students to the games faster, it'll, it'll kind of, it'll kind of maybe up the participation. I can agree with that. Are, are the tennis courts still a popular place or no? Uh, the tennis courts are, I mean, they are, uh, but I think they're closed because I think Holler is going to resurface them. Okay. We have a pool. We have a pool that's not being used. Just fucking <laughs> put con- pour concrete in it and just fucking let's get it going. It's a good location. Yeah. If the, sw- if the swim team complains, we'll just show them the red cedar or go to The Walmart red cedar is pool. free, swimmers. <laughs> um, my last, hey, as the Zach Brown band once said, you can jump right in it. I don't understand that reference, so I'll just move, I'll just move along. Uh, move along. Uh, <laughs> that's such a good Don. God. That's such a good fucking Don. Look, if Don Thomas ever listens, I don't hate the man, and I'm sure I'll meet him at the Michigan tailgate because he said he's coming the game. But if Don, this is a warning. If you bring Ketchup Boy, he's oh. going down. Not violently. We're just going to throw his ass out because I will not say violently on air. He will not be hurt. We will just ask him to leave. Um, my 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 final pick was going to be something like because uh, I'm just a big old fat boy. Uh, provide like a bus. Shout out Chad Latz. Provide like a bus to uh, like where we tailgate because I don't feel like walking all that way sometimes. But then I realized there's like those bird scooters that are just plopped all over the campus. So maybe I can run into one (laughs) to try it, even though it's like $50 a minute seemingly. Um, I'm going to say offer a pregame experience. And this is more catered towards the devotees of the crowd of the fan base or like, for kids and shit, like offer for like a donation to the Spartan fund, like to go on the field, take pictures and like, you know, up the donation level. Like, you know, I'm not going to say bug coach Tucker, but like if coach Izzo is hanging out, ask, you know, see if you can get a picture or something. Like I'm not saying to whore these guys out for, for money, but like, you know, just something along the lines of like, if I, I've never been on the field, I'd love to pay like 50 or hundred bucks, take a tour around the field, take a picture on the field or something and like see the locker rooms or some shit, like something like the, something that we can just enjoy that that's a little different that offers more uh, profit for the, for the school, like more donations, if that makes sense. It's weird, but that's the one thing I could think of. No, that's cool. I think that's a cool idea. I think the, I think the game day experience package is, is is cool and i think and and i think it's an out-of-the-box idea that i think um a lot of boomers will pay for and i think they'll get and i think if they're able to like go on the field and kind of explore the locker room you know like 
way post game or way pre game, like before the walk, mm-hmm. it'll kind of alleviate the bitching about like what's with all this rapping music. Yeah, I don't like that. That crap, more like crap in my book. Um, yeah. just something where where's the Willie? S- where's the where's the Merle Haggard? Where's the Willie Nelson at? I want Charlie Daniels band. Uh, where like. I just want something to where we can see the inner workings of the program, but also not try to bug people, you know, on important days. Um, that was a pretty good draft. I'm going to have to listen to this because I, like a dumbass, didn't write it down. So I'm going to have to not edit. I will not edit. Uh, I will listen to the pod and write down the graphic for CC's medium-sized house. Um, cool. So game day, Saturday at 730. Yep. Well, huh? Yep. What what network is it going to be on? BTN, I think. Okay. Pro, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, ABC. Uh, <laughs> Kirk, Kirk's flying over to our game. Yeah, let um, me double check real quick, but I'm pretty sure it's BTN. That sounds right. I, maybe FS1, but I doubt it. It's got to be Big Ten Network. Uh, yeah, uh, FS1, actually. Really? It is okay. FS1. 730 FS1. All right. So there we have it. <sighs> Carter, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you on, as always. Always um, good to be on, Paul. Yes, absolutely. Spartan Dog, it was good to meet you this past weekend. I'm sure we'll see each other again soon. Yeehaw. Yes, we will, sir. And, fellas, let's beat the Hilltoppers. Go green. Let's top some hills. You know what I'm saying? Not sexually, but on the oh, football field. Go green. Go white. Go white. Hilltoppers, more like hill bottomers. <laughs> <laughs>